Hello friends, my name is Steve and we're here today to discuss volume two of Berserk. <laughs> so I love this, I love this book. Um, so we are here with uh, Dan and Varsha. So Dan, will you give us an introduction, please, sir? Yeah, uh, so my name is Dan uh, and I'm a manga reader and I've read Berserk a bunch of times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Varsha? Hi, I am a book and manga reader. I run a, a tiny YouTube channel called Reading by the Rainy Mountain. It's a play on my name, which means rain. And um, yeah, I uh, most recently finished Toe Rounds. And I'm really <laughs> proud of it because I've been reading that book for seven months now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that series is something, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you would think that makes it my least favorite book, but it's not. It's my favorite now. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Read it when you can, I guess. Nice. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a, Dan and I were talking before we uh, went live about how manga and the series is just like this, this like relaxing kind of mm. easy. It's like an easy, smooth read. So it's kind of yeah. nice to change it up. Yeah, yeah. So I, I read about a hundred pages of Told Hong yesterday. I read fifty, then I read the whole manga volume, and then I read fifty more. Wow. Yeah, we were also talking about how this volume two seemed to to read a little bit faster. Did you find that too? Yeah, yeah. It felt, and, and I also wanted to go back to it more when I put it down for a short break to go make dinner. I wanted to come back to it immediately and find out what's happening. And this one also, uh, maybe because I stayed up so late reading, I felt <laughs> I dreamt a lot more of the images <laughs> last night. <laughs> I had some Tetris effect from reading this book. I, I think it might be because of how often that worm came back, which I suppose we'll talk about. <laughs> so I guess uh, last week when we were talking, um, we were trying to figure out what the the um, the stone meant. I don't know exactly what to call it, but um, so we do find out what that is. Uh, so yeah, Behelet. yes. Oh, okay, good. Okay, yeah, I don't want to mispronounce it. But mm. yeah, so we, we do find out just quite, a, I found myself tabbing some pages because mm. there were some revelations here but um what's the to to both of you uh, sorry what was the question uh what uh, what stood out for you in this in this volume uh dan you want to go first <laughs> sure i mean for me the most interesting part is just showing a bit more of Gut's character because it shows a bit more about you know how he feels about all these people that are involved with him uh, and how he's not just, he doesn't care at all, but maybe he cannot afford to care mm. because his mission drives him or yeah, like he, he knows what should be the right thing to do, but maybe he doesn't always do that, uh, for his own reasons, his own, I don't know, weakness or because he needs to get to his own objective and it's more important, right? It does give a bit more depth to the character, I think. So it's not that he's devoid of a moral compass. He chooses not to exercise it or listen to it. Yeah, that makes sense. That was a yeah. big revelation, I, th I thought, in this, because he does come off as a uh, kind of, he doesn't really care. Um, you know, he's very just what happens will happen. But you do find out that he does, um, he isn't always able to act. He isn't always able to intervene for 
for I'm sure we'll find out why specifically, but I thought that was, and it, like you said, Dan, it does give him a lot of more depth and I'm glad that it, there's more to it. He's not just this indiscriminate or this wandering person or, you know, carefree or not honestly carefree, but someone that doesn't care. So it was nice to have that other angle to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think Puck um, says uh, something like he, like he's afraid of showing that he cares. Right. Yeah. I think maybe that could be it. When, when he feels some emotions leaking into him, it's a sad hatred that one stood out to me. Yeah. Okay. I'd be curious to know where that comes from. Uh, I think for me, what stood out the most was the uh, fights in closed spaces that went on for a really long time. <laughs> that always makes me flinch a lot because I'm worried about what will break and who will be hurt in the process. And there's these <laughs> big swords and big axes being swung around in such a small room, <laughs> or at least it looked small to me. So that one, and then the one that wouldn't die. But I also loved the some of the puck humor in this one. I think there were some four or five jokes that really made me chuckle. So that that was fun too. It does have a good mix of humor, action, a little bit of horror even. In mm -hmm. With the yeah. slug, the, yes. the demon. Yeah, the slug. Yeah, that, I like that. <laughs> I wasn't sure what to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, this, yeah, that, uh, and we also yes. find out the, is it the, Danny, you have to help me here, the be writ to the, Beherit? Beherit. Beherit, yeah. Beherit. Um, it, um, it summons demons from another dimension um, mm -hmm. that have manipulated the dark side of human history since ancient times, the five members of the God Hand, which that was, there's lots of bits and pieces of information in this one that um, I thought it was it was nice to get more background on the world and what's what else is going on. Yeah. And we met, or we heard the term God Hand before, right? Was it the Snake Man? He wasn't God Hand himself, I don't think, but he was tied to the God Hand somehow. Was that correct? Yeah, I believe he did mention it. Um, it seems seems quite important, uh, you know, more important, more like more like a strong, some strong demons or something. Mm, yeah. Um, but I don't think we have much information yet mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about what they are. But yeah, that gives, we have a bit more information about, you know, the demons they are coming from maybe a demon realm somewhere, they are coming from somewhere and they're inhabiting people, I guess, because it does mm -hmm. show that the, you know, the monster was a normal person before mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he made some sort of contract or some pact with the demon. Yeah. So, and then we can see that the demon can inhabit other people, right? So it's like a separate thing. That's right. Yeah, and I also wonder if it's a specific kind of demon that you can summon from this world, or if it's just the place that has, that is uh, the living place of all demons. Uh, that's, mm. Yeah. We're going to know a bit more about it soon, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Dan, you, you do agree. I'm I'm impressed with how how uh, how you don't give anything away whenever we're talking about things. You just well, we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, maybe I forgot everything. Who knows? <laughs> and but, uh, yeah, and I think something else also that was interesting is um, so, well, not because it tells us everything, but because it implies there might be something else. Is 
how he got the Beharit, right? Like, God seemed quite interested in that. Uh, so there might be something behind that, too. And they said it came from the Far East, is, or it came from a faraway place that is, was kind of picked up by accident, right? Is, if I remember right. Yeah, I think he said he bought it from some merchants from some faraway places, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, was it was it destined for someone else? Was it just, you know, just randomness that he got it? Was he destined to get it? How does that work, right? Mm. Um, or it was like, was it looking for someone to inhabit? It's a, uh, it's a bit interesting. I don't know. It feels a bit since it's it's like in the live object, right? It's a bit more like, a, like the Ring of Power sort of in Lord of Rings, which has some, you know, it might have some will of its own, right? It's not just like an inanimate object that does nothing. It's just being right. used, right? Yeah. Was there a moment when Puck was playing with it or trying to get it to move or something uh, when <laughs> it opened its eyes? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that was. And, and it felt like Puck took quite a while after that to actually break out. Yeah. But it does look like it's very important because the count is looking for it and mm -hmm. you know guts also was looking for it because he does yeah. take it and uh i anonymous is here hello thanks for coming by and chatting with us about berserk um, we also find out more about the the brand mm -hmm. and um so he so has some it looks like he has some flashbacks when, he, when he's, he's recollecting what the i forget his name the the character who saves him at the end of volume one um, and who is executed when he's oh yeah okay. something like yeah I forget vargas or something yeah oh vargas that's right that's right um so when when he's recollecting what he said about his family being killed and how he chopped him up he has some flashbacks um and with the he kind of starts you know, thinking about his, his brand. And later it is, uh, when he's having a battle, the, the slug or the demon that he's fighting tells him something to the effect of it's been preordained where you, where you'll go after this. And you're basically, you're damned. Like you, mm -hmm. your fate is, has been decided. So it's almost like the clock is ticking on him in a way. Yeah. It's probably, you know, that explains a bit more why all these demons are attracted to him. Right. Mm -hmm. Must be something connecting them, right? Yeah, and and they, I think uh, it says that uh, you go to hell, and I don't remember who it was that said that, that you come to hell with me or something like that. And the person who says it was a demon himself. So, yeah, maybe, uh, yeah. I, th I thought the brand dooms him to go to hell afterwards. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so we'll, we'll see we'll see what <laughs> happens i think the next uh, the next volume is going to be very interesting i see so we'll get some of these answers uh, is it because we're going to be starting the golden age arc soon or does the wrap up of this arc uh have some information that yeah we'll be yeah the, we'll be wrapping up this arc and we'll be starting 
Oh, someone else. And we'll get some answers, but a lot more questions. Okay. <laughs> That's always fun. Yeah. So, it's going to be fun. Uh, Moses, it's sad that we will never get to see how it ends. Is it it's still uh, ongoing, right? Or is it what we yeah. can see? We, we will see the end, uh, at least as it was fought by Kentaro Miura about 20 years ago. Because uh, that's when I think the notes that the current mangaka is using. Okay. Uh, so we will get to see an end. And I think it is in bed, you know, it's wrapping up sort of it right now. I don't know how long it will take, but it shouldn't take too long, as far okay. as I know. And uh, I know I Anonymous says the next volume is the Golden Age arc. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep hearing about it. Yeah, now people have mentioned that that is awesome, but I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> it was hard to not continue reading this one. Yeah, yeah, actually, um, yeah, it did end on a bit of a cliffhanger <laughs> with uh, got smeared on a wall or something. <laughs> um, yeah, this there was this whole freak out he had over being touched, I thought that was just because he was annoyed at Puck before, but then he reacted quite violently when Vargas tried to put a hand on his shoulder too. So um, yeah, I, I wonder what that is about as well. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe he just doesn't like to be touched. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, cool. maybe that's just, that, or I'm wondering if something happened to him that mm -hmm. made it so bad. Yeah. Or maybe it's the mark, it's a curse or something. I don't know. Oh. Could be. <laughs> mm. Interesting. Yeah. When uh when the demon or when the the ghosts come out for him later in the in the in the uh in this volume, I kind of wondered if it was people that he's known and who he he's lost or feels responsible for their deaths, that they're haunt that those thoughts are haunting him. But maybe I'm way off. Yeah, I was wondering that too, whether he was hallucinating and uh, seeing people from his past or or even if he wasn't that, you know, these ghosts are demanding that he do something for them because he's always walking away from trying to save anyone. Um, but he was trying to figure out at least if he was supposed to feel guilty, if not actually feeling guilty about letting the about letting Vargas die. Um, Yes, I was wondering if those were actual ghosts, like if that's an element of this world, or if he's having hallucinations. And there was a moment before also that felt like hallucinations. Uh, I think, again, he was in an alleyway or something, and he sees that same slug with Vargas's face instead of the Count's face. So that must have been a hallucination, right? Because that, that couldn't happen. At the slug acquired Vargas's face. <laughs> that is mysteriously not telling us. <laughs> well, we can definitely know, well, we definitely know that he's carrying a lot of baggage, mm, both yes. emotional, it looks like, and also, you know, uh, curses or whatever. Uh, so yes. this seems like, you know, very, um, a very troublesome existence, I guess. Um, you know, seems like everything he's doing is very conflicting. And maybe he just needs to 
behave the way he does just for self-preservation. He just yeah. needs to be strong just so that, um, you know, he doesn't, he can go to his objective and he doesn't collapse or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Jonas, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. So I, I thought you were done, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say that we do, we do see afterwards on like the, with the fight, right? How, how driven he is even like physically, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think when uh, that moment again in this volume, when um, Buck has this outpouring of emotion from guts, the primary one that hurts Buck so much is self-loathing. Right, and I think that's really significant. That says something, even if the man is saying, "No, I don't want to do this," and I think everyone's a coward who needs any saving at all. He does feel something for not helping them. It feels like uh, I feel like that's the source, anyway, of uh, self-loathing. And you're right. Yeah, maybe he does need to protect the people by being far away from them. Maybe it's that that sort of thinking. I don't know. Um, yeah, in the in the closed room fighting, there was this one really cool scene when um, I think Vargas uh, grabs hold of Puck and then he's like really panicking that the uh, that Zondark is moving his axe so swiftly, and uh, Puck tells him, "Well, you can't see it." But guts is blocking just as swiftly, and at that moment was mind blowing for me because like everything is just moving. You just see swipes and whatnot, and then this dude is just blocking everything. And uh, I think another aspect of that that I later really appreciated, and it made me like guts a bit more, is that all of these enemies that he seems to be fighting. Are, you know, keep yakking away at him about how they're going to destroy him, and he's just quietly <laughs> fighting <laughs> at top speed <laughs> without saying a word. He's just doing what he's supposed to, like almost like he's not emotionally invested in it. Like it doesn't mean anything to him that maybe he's winning this fight. And then there's one tiny moment of almost vulnerability when he's like, <sighs> when he's sort of defeated Zondark, right? So yeah, like all of those put together those images, I think made me almost start liking Guts in this volume. He, he does seem a little, a little bit more human. Um, and I think also Puck mentions to him, or asks him, so is it fear that prevents you from, from doing things too? And that's, mm -hmm. it kind of rounds out his character a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. I don't know, uh, yeah, you figured that out in the beginning of the Golden Age uh, arc. Sometimes it feels it's sometimes it feels like it's both. And unless the slug is Vargas and Vargas is a demon now he's dead. I think all demon hunters' characters come with an aspect of the antihero. They almost have to tend uh, they almost tend to have character flaws where they almost mirror the demons they fight. Guts is really is a really good example of that. Mm -hmm. Someone mentioned a character named Zod last time that I think it was I Anonymous actually, um, whom I don't think we've met yet, but I did confuse the heck of, out of myself when we met Zondark in this one, <laughs> wondering if that's the character they meant, because I'm, <laughs> I'm bad at keeping names that start with the same letter straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not keeping in straight period, but yeah. <laughs> I might also discover that I've been thinking of names in the incorrect way this whole time in my mind, uh, <laughs> as it always happens with book yeah. series or anything, right? Yeah, I think one thing that um, it's since I started my channel that I've been talking to people about books. And I've been realizing that I'm so garbage at remembering names. <laughs> I have to write them down because I don't normally talk to people after I finish reading my book. I'm done. And then I forget the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible with names too. So we're, we're, uh, we'll get along fine. Uh, I noticed Nope, you will not miss Zod when he comes. Okay. <laughs> there is no missing of Zod. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, I did want to mention um, something that because uh, last time, Steve, you mentioned about those uh, page, those pages at the beginning of sometimes of the chapters that have different shading and coloring. Well, mm -hmm. they look like it's drawn differently. Uh, so I double checked and it is um, like I thought that they were originally in color uh, mm -hmm. and they were then made black and white so that it looks weird sort of. Uh, but you can find, if you go online, you can find the original colored uh, pages. Uh, maybe you should wait until we read a bit more so you're not spoiled by some of them. Uh, but it might be fun later on to go and look at them because they're quite interesting seeing, you know, the pages in black and white actually colored. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of, and part of me doesn't want to see the color pages. I, I, I don't know, I kind of like the black and white. Mm-hmm. When when I had my streams yesterday, there was blood in there among the black and white. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and we do find out another thing that I thought this this volume did really did well was it it gives background on the was it the count was that the uh, the villain? Mm -hmm. We found out why he is the way he is. Yeah. Um, he keeps his daughter locked up in a cage, basically, and. He thinks he's protecting her because of the way he lost his wife and his other his other kids. But um, so he's paranoid and wants to kill. He's killing anyone he sees as a threat. So I, I thought that was nice to get. Not he's not just evil because he's evil, but yeah, you know, there's yeah. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. The time. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say it's just it's a bit cliche, uh, I guess, as far as you know the usual. Oh, he's not evil. He he made a pact with the demon because of this thing, and you know he wants to protect his daughter. It's it's a bit, you know, stereotypical, but I guess it does uh, fit into this universe, yeah. into the narrative, yeah. And it's also interesting because I sort of assumed the way Vargas told the story that the egg was the source of um, the count's evil, but actually something happened to him that maybe made him go seek out the egg or steal the egg if it wasn't actually intended for him and make whatever packs he did with demons. Um, yeah, and <laughs> it's also interesting that he flipped all that right around and, you know, did the same thing that he was unhappy about having had done to his family because the timing was also seven years ago when Vargas lost his family to the Count's monstrosities, right? And the same exact way, um, if not worse, because I think he ate his wife. Um, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, the count might have started maybe with somewhat of a yeah. noble idea, but at, at this point, he's been completely yeah. taken over by this demon, pretty much. I think the only thing they show us that uh, maintains of his humanity is like his love of his daughter. I think that's the only thing yeah. we see, which is vaguely not monstrous. Yeah. And the daughter's afraid of him too, right? She won't let him come near. Um, I was interesting. And I was very surprised and very relieved when she actually let Puck go. I thought, <laughs> I thought she'd trap him because she's so terrified of losing, like not necessarily because she's her father's daughter, but she's been alone for so long that, you know, she'd not let go of the only company that comes her way in all that time. But she freely lets Puck go, so I hope she has a good end. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what would be a good ending given the situation for you. Honestly, I, I'm not expecting one because, you know, I suppose this arc is going to end with the slug being killed. I don't know if that can happen and leave the Count still alive in any form. And that means the daughter's basically on her own and she's a little over seven so yeah i, I don't know that she's gonna make it anyway i i what i mean okay maybe what i mean is i hope she doesn't turn into the person who starts slashing at everyone like the girl in the first volume bit mm. yeah like, i don't want her to be possessed or anything like that yeah maybe maybe that's what i want i want her to stay herself maybe have a chance at finding herself in the world <laughs> I, I don't know if there's i don't know if there'll be too many happy uh, yeah <laughs> or good ends for any, many for many many people on this one uh, i yeah. also know he made uh, he made the pact because his wife was awful yeah oh well that's the backstory we get right mm. sort of thing but it's well we're gonna see in the next chapter what happens and how it ends with a fight with a slug. Because, um, it, well, it doesn't look very good for Guts right now. But, mm. you know, well, he's the hero, so we expect him to win, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I think the main attraction here isn't whether he's going to win, it's how. Um, because, yeah, I don't know that maybe he'll lose a few limbs in the process or whatever, if that, but he's going to win this fight, right? <laughs> the, um, the, um, what was I going to say? The, the, there's a lot of the, the horror gets turned up a lot in this one too, with all the, the slugs. And I was, <laughs> this may sound bad. I was, I was glad that they, that Vargas was executed because it seems like that kind of world. I'm glad there wasn't something that saved him, but I was also sad to see him go because I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Puck does try to save him, <laughs> uh, his, his feeble attempt, but it was yeah. um, tried. And there's maybe half a moment when I thought that Guts might actually save him, um, but yeah, I I didn't think that he was actually going to go through it. It didn't feel like he would. <laughs> um, yeah. He did end up taking on the entire army later on, but again, because he wanted to, not because he was trying to save anyone. 
in the Inamis as well. She doesn't have a egg, so she's less apt to go full full demon evil. Uh, if she picked, she had picked up the egg at the end, all bets were off. Uh, which is what I was expecting to happen. Well, there's still time. Yeah, uh, we're not done yet. I just had the second volume. Yeah. Yeah, and I think actually uh, a little bit of knowledge just came back in my mind. Uh, I think the name Beherit. I think it comes from some sort of old Middle Eastern language, and it means like demon. Behel or mm. something like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, oh. it is somewhat. It, I don't remember exactly which language. I'm sure, you can find it online, but uh, oh, it's definitely connected with hell in some way. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, the daughter doesn't yeah, doesn't hopefully. find it. <laughs> hopefully. It would be a bit. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh what did you both think of Buck in this volume? I really love Buck. <laughs> I like to hear <laughs> before I gush about him if you even like him. <laughs> uh, I think Buck is um, kind of the com comedic relief. I think we need a little bit of lightheartedness, otherwise it'd be a little bit too dark for some people. Um, but yeah, I think it provides some some comedy and it. it's another way for us to get to know uh, the main character too so yeah 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 i thought that too, the getting to know the main character like things that we would probably never see or maybe we will eventually i don't know but right at this moment we're not getting any god's thoughts or god's perspective so the fact that he was having himself a vulnerable moment of self-loathing we got to know through buck so yeah he is an interesting window into god's uh, emotions i guess uh, but I also, I think what stood out to me, and I think this um, always takes a lot of bravery to stand up to someone who might kill you but won't listen to you, uh, is he was the voice of the conscience so many times in this. Um, when he's yelling at Guts to go back for Vargas or to not be mean to him because he tried to touch him or something like that. Um, yeah, so... That was two or three times, and then he tried saving the count himself, however pathetic an attempt that was. So yeah, I really liked that dimension of God's, uh, sorry, Buck's character in this volume. I think it's very much also like the reader's perspective, sort of. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Both in the way that, you know, he's like, we, you know, we want Guts to save Vargas, we want Guts to behave in different ways, right? Uh, but also because he's sort of powerless to make yeah. many things happen, right? That's true. Uh, just, That's true. As we are just watching, and we also can't do much about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Fuck as the reader's perspective, or yeah. uh, the reader's voice sometimes, when maybe railing at, like, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to swallow guys. Uh, Guts has the egg, so getting it from him might be tricky. And his question is: Is is Guts immune to the egg because of the because he has the brand? Oh yeah, I did. I did wonder if just proximity or contact with the egg might do something to you. But I, I thought even Vargas handled it yeah. without any problem to him. 
or did we not see Vargas actually handle the egg? He did. He, Guts took it from him. Yeah, right? he probably did. In all these years that he's had it, he must have like picked it up to bring it there, probably. <clears throat> but maybe you need some way to activate it, or it needs the right person or the right like state of mind. Hmm. Uh, like maybe you need to have like a strong wish, but maybe not because Vargas wants to kill the count. Like that's his his only yeah. objective in life. But maybe he's not willing to sacrifice anything for it. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why it could yeah. be, right? Yeah, we do see some parallels between Vargas and Guts, too, with their quest for, for vengeance. And they're kind of driven by the same things. But uh, I did like Guts, the when Puck is trying to convince Guts to save Vargas, so something like he should have known his place. Like he has no, he should have stayed in his lane kind of thing. So he has, he kind of like, you know, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't, uh, he's not meet up for this. It's not what he should be doing. So that also felt like maybe I read too much into it, but that also felt like him criticizing himself, not just Vargas. Some felt like God's criticizing some past action or even what he's currently doing. Like he's trying to take on something that's bigger than himself bigger than he can handle um, for the same reasons and it's probably not going to be successful and that that also felt like it was driving some of that self-loathing we saw uh, but yeah I, I don't it felt like that but I don't know if I was maybe reading too much into that hmm. I think it's a good point yeah I don't think it's reading too much into it I think it's cool yeah because it's he seems Scott seems to say uh he says a couple of times but pretty much like might is sort of right as in if you're too weak to impose your will it's your fault sort of thing mm -hmm. um but maybe maybe he doesn't i don't know from seeing these chapters it seems more like he wants to believe that yeah because that absolves him of some of his guilt sort of yeah 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 that's that's a great point it a lot of this feels like things he says to himself more than you know to other people to get out of going and fighting their battles for them it's more things he says to himself convince himself that it's okay to not go then maybe he has bigger fish to fry or whatever but it's more as much for himself as for buck or the reader or anybody else yeah that's i mean i like all that sort of stuff because it's very relatable i mean mm. no we don't do things in real life to that extent but it's it is yeah. real how you know we all tell ourselves lies because we don't want to face what's actually would be the right thing to do or stuff like that and we just sort of yeah. try to justify it to ourselves mm -hmm. yes yes and there was also oh yeah back to just a little bit more pub gushing. There was a moment <laughs> when uh, uh, Vargas, uh, when Puck tells Vargas, you know, like vengeance is going to eat you up, try and live your life. And then he gets killed horribly. But, you know, that, that moment when <laughs> Vargas is almost considering it, like, yeah, maybe I need to let this go now. I thought that was, that was deep and nuanced. And I felt like, you know, maybe we'll get similar depths to guts later on. Uh, we find out how we got here to being this unidimensional, almost uh, feeling person. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, how do I say, um, that is a theme in a lot of works of art, right? Or, you know, movies, books, that rotate, uh, you know, the central focus is vengeance. Is like, at what point is it better to just let go uh, instead of just being focused on this thing? A lot of time, that's not what happens. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And, it, it and, usually, and usually the realization conveniently comes at the end when, you know, the, the hero has killed everyone that he was after <laughs> trying to get. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it is possible that none of this impacts guts or anything like that. But um, the fact that anyone is mentioning it at all, um, yeah, I, I think that's just some layers to the story that I like. Really good points. Uh, I Anonymous mentions Puck is a Jiminy Cricket to guts. <laughs> kind of his window. Uh, it's always the willingness to sacrifice, but I think you need to have something to sacrifice. Vargas doesn't have anyone. He's lost everything. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, yeah, that was terrible. The the count did sort of sacrifice himself in as much as the word sacrifice is the right word to use. But uh, yeah, he's basically a demon now, and I don't know how much of his original identity he did have. But um, I don't know if. Um, is is the pilot it can you only use it once and the count has used it up so Vargas did not have that choice or um like he basically didn't choose to become a demon himself or make a pact with the god hand that yeah whatever it well, was it seems, the Vargas seemed to yeah. not have done it it looks like it's still important though so it might must be useful for something mm -hmm. yeah right yeah. we'll see Yes. <laughs> okay. And... Just we'll see. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of it is we'll see. We'll see. Um, and it's yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um. And maybe I don't know. I wanted to um. Maybe talk about a point. Um. Not about exactly this volume but just something i've been thinking about rereading it is how this like the world of this manga is like you don't know much about the world in the geographical sense uh like you don't know because he's just going from a mysterious point a to a mysterious point b to a mysterious city c and you don't know exactly how they're related right what's in between and i think that's kind of interesting because a lot of fantasy works fall within the very detailed world with the world map, like the Lord of the Rings, like the Malazan, everything is very focused on the world. Uh, and be, knowing where you are in relation to everything else is also very important. And it makes it more grounded, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, and on the opposite side, there's all those fancy works, which are like, you go from mystery point A to scenery B, and you don't know what happened in between. You don't know how far they are. They're just locations within the ether, sort of. Um, and it, in my opinion, it makes it a bit more more similar to ancient fairy tales, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because in you know the older pre Lord of Rings, I guess fantasy works, proto fantasy. 
it's a lot more of that, right? It's a lot more of fantastical going from, you know, nondescript place A to a nondescript place B. Uh, and it gives a different feel, I think, to the whole work. Yeah. It's interesting. That makes sense. Do you find manga often have maps? Is that a thing that manga even try to do sometimes? I mean, some of some of them, yeah. Some of them, I can think, are very detailed where you're going, just like some fancy works, right? They put the map front and center at the beginning, so you know, you know where you are. You can trace mm. where the characters are going, and yeah, sometimes it's used in a good way. Sometimes it's maybe a crutch, or it's just there because people expect it to be there, yeah. uh, and it doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, but when it's used well, like the world becomes an important, like the map becomes an important part of the whole work, right? Uh, so, yeah. But in this case, for for Berserk, it doesn't feel like it, and that's why it feels to be a bit more, you know, the classical fae tales and stuff like that with a darker. Well, the old old uh, tales are very dark, so. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> oh, my uncle gifted me a Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale collection. When I um, read them, I was like, oh, little mermaid, I love this story. And the ending is so dark. <laughs> How is this for children? <laughs> anyway, uh, I was going to say the other thing that sort of uh, mysterious that uh, I thought was somewhat mysterious was the timelines like how long is he going take, uh, taking to get from one place to another and um yeah just how long has it last and i think this question for some reason i'm really interested in how long he's taking to healing after all these intense fights because he's taking some serious injuries and by the time he gets to the next town he seems almost in fighting shape so yeah I guess I'm curious about whether he heals quickly or if he's just taking enough time between um, counts to heal properly. <laughs> I think some of that might be that uh, magical uh, manga healing where you finish the fight <laughs> and then you're, or the classical D&D &D sort of, yeah. oh, I take a long rest and now everything is fine. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah. Well, it's not well explained up to now, so it might be, but it, it's like a month in between. Mm, yeah. yeah. A couple of comments from Anonymous. Maybe Guts wants to be a demon. Mm -hmm. uh, there is no map. We just wander randomly around. Uh, Lord of Marksman comes to mind on the map. And yeah, the, go further back in the Middle Ages, it gets so, so dark. <laughs> yeah. I remember reading once a collection of old Middle Eastern German fairy tales. Um, I forgot the name since, and I haven't been able to find it, but I just remember it being very, very surreal and very dark. Uh, a lot darker than a lot of the stuff you get from early 1900s fantasy or you know, immediately post-Tolkien fantasy yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, those Anderson tales, most of them are really crap endings. <laughs> I didn't mind them. Like, I, I was just <laughs> surprised at how much they changed it to tell children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, is, uh, it makes you wonder. Yeah, but 
kind of endings we have you know for kids now and versus back then and different reasons why and uh, what's normal and what's not the kind of world they live in yeah it's all very interesting and maybe those tales weren't for children to start but you know like we adapted them for children perhaps and (laughs) i refuse to believe the little mermaid was for children in its original form (laughs) maybe it was supposed to be a scary story told at night that sort of stuff (laughs) I'm going to look at that. Yeah. Forgot how that ends. Um, and Dan, you did mention the artwork. I thought the art, artwork was a little bit more, I guess, consistent. This one, the, mm-hmm. there wasn't as many pages that weren't as shaded as others. It seemed pretty pretty consistent throughout. So and it wasn't a complaint, it's just observation. But uh, mm-hmm. it kind of seems like it's coming into its own. Like he's starting to uh, be a little bit more consistent with his artwork. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, and we're going to see more changes, but usually they're hard to notice because they're very gradual. But if you take, you know, the first volume and you take volume 22, there's a big difference, right? But just, just like when, if you take the first book of Harry Potter and you take the seventh book and you're like, is, are these written by the same person sort of in the same style? Not really. They're completely different. First book you can tell is written for children almost. Yeah, it reads like it is. Yeah, because it's been 20, 30 years from the start to the sort of <laughs> last point. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, you do know a lot with works that take a long time and they're not maybe laid out everything in the beginning because some authors just write a lot at the beginning and a lot of these are already ready. And they go, you know, the next one comes out after a couple of years or one year. So it's very consistent between all the different ones or the style has already been formed because maybe it's not their first series. Uh, and some instead are way longer. And especially for manga, you notice a lot for these very long running series, they go through like maybe a decade, but a lot changes because both the offer of the style, like the style of the offer changes, but also the, uh, how do I say the global um, style changes because the style from the eighties is different from the nineties. And that also drives probably more from the publisher. They tell the authors, you know, this is a bit more in vogue now. So maybe you should try changing it a bit more to this. Uh, so you, yeah, you can notice a lot for these very long works. Interesting. So you think other than what the artist themselves changes, we can also see trends in the industry at the time they were working on? Definitely. I mean, I don't know if it's because, you know, Kentaro Miura just wants to draw more, wanted to draw more in, in a bit more of a newer style, or maybe that's just a refining of his style and he wasn't able to do it before. I, mm-hmm. I can't comment on that, but if you check the last ones, they're a bit more in a modern style, as we would expect, than an older than these earlier chapters. I see. Hmm. Which can be good or not. Some people like it, some people don't. Do we know what year this started, the first volume? I think it's 89. Oh, wow. Easy to check, though. So when we get to the 90s, are we going to have lots of pockets and uh, no feet? Is that the the style? (laughs) (laughs) So we're definitely going to get more 
you know, rounded features, uh, you know, more, yeah, more softer features and characters. Okay, 87, 87. yeah. Oh. Wow, I'm surprised. Yeah. Uh, Inema says, yeah, I wrote my own books in that dark age of history period legend, and sometimes I do my research, and that, <laughs> and go that is way too dark. And our friend Dolores is here. <laughs> hey, Dolores. <laughs> Uh, I want to stop by and say hello. I am going to jump. I have not finished reading the first volume. I need to get caught up. Well, thankfully, they're pretty quick reads. So, yeah. Hope you can join and I don't think there's time. much spoilers, anyways, up to now. Right? Yeah, so much has happened. <laughs> no, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Um, a couple of things, but we really don't have any. There's, like you said, Dan, we have, I think we have more, more questions than answers. We're still setting up things. The next volume, we're going to get some answers, and the the initial setup is going to be sort of complete, I guess. Hmm. I mean, hmm. The very initial one, the let's say the the framework, a bit. I see. You mean uh, the first, the conclusion of this arc, or the beginning of the Golden Age arc? Uh, this the next volume, so the end of the book you guys have. Mm-hmm. Okay. No bit more. Yeah, and I don't know. Well, we're see we're gonna see next week what you think about it and what you know what it implies and how you understand it. But hmm. yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. I think I do feel like I have more to look forward to with this volume, and I'm getting invested in Guts's character. I don't necessarily like him yet, but I <laughs> I care about where he came from and where he might go. So that that's good enough for me <laughs> to get invested in a character. So yeah, I think I am looking forward to the next one. And yes, I will keep gushing about Buck if he shows <laughs> up in the next one too. <laughs> I did, did like his goodbye to the to the daughter. He just kind of like flies yeah. away and, he, and then he comes back. Oh, by the way, I'll 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 be back. Like yeah, yeah, I, I like. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she well, was. You'll... Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say you'll have to. Give, say goodbye for him for a while because we're going to the next arc, which is a flashback. So uh, you yeah. know that he's not going to be there for that whole period, unfortunately. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll meet other characters then. Yeah. 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 yeah Dan, Dan's preparing us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what as in meet Coast, uh, uh, Costco, Griffin, and Zod? Wow. Okay. Lots to come. Sounds like. Yes. Did you uh, did you guys have anything else on your on your mind you wanted to talk about for this one? Oh, I think we covered everything. Yeah. I had to take a lot of notes and we went through all of them. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Yeah. I, if like I said, I found myself tabbing this one because of all the the different you know hints and mini revelations. Nothing too major, but little mm -hmm. bits and pieces. Learning about the yeah. world and his past. So it's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'm really curious to see how magical this world is. Like, we know about the demons, but is there any other magic? Like, those ghosts, for instance, were they real? Or Gats' hallucinations? Uh, and, you know, Puck can do a bunch of stuff, so maybe there are other creatures that have magic, too. So, yeah, I'm very interested in the world as well. And I Anonymous, uh, shots fired. Uh, Casca is better than Puck. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if uh, Marsha agrees next week. 
if we get to them. Very, very different. Very different. I don't think they're very comparable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he also mentions not for a while as far as magic. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting to talk about during the next arc. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Nice. Well, cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, and we have uh, just one more volume. I love these these uh, this yeah. presentations. They're so nice. I agree. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, I wish I had those. Uh, I just have, well, not even here. Um, they have somewhere else. They just the paperback sort of. Is it paperback? Yeah, not hardcover versions of it. And that looks a lot nicer than what I have. <laughs> it's a lot of volumes. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be, you're going to have a lot of books <laughs> in your bookshelf. I think there are 12 or 13 of these out so far, if I remember correctly. There's quite a few, yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, there's there's a bunch. I've, I've seen, I think, in the teens. I forget where it ended, but yeah, there's mm. quite a few of them. Well, there's, I think, around 40 volumes in the original one. So I think if it's three per... But each volume is slightly different length, so it might not be. Yeah. But if it's something like that, yeah, you would be in the 12, 13, to 15 sort of realm. Mm -hmm. Well, half yeah. of the shelf, I guess, or all of the small shelf. Yeah, lots. Isn't going to take up lots of space. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not. Yeah, they look good. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cool. Um, so I guess uh, for volume two, and uh, I guess we'll we'll be back next week to talk about volume three and what we find, what we learn in that one. But in the meantime, Dan, if someone wants to get in touch with you or bother you and ask you about manga or Berserk, where can people find you? Uh, probably just find me in the Patreon forum. I don't post a lot, but if I see something of interest, I will reply. Cool. And Barsha? Uh, my YouTube channel, Reading by the Rainy Mountain, and if you want to get directly in touch with me, the About page has some direct connection info you could use. Cool. Yeah, and we will be starting more manga group reads on Varsha's channel next month, so we're getting that figured out, but looking forward to that. It's a nice break from all the other stuff that we're reading, so it's nice, <laughs> nice and cozy. Yeah, it's a nice break, so... Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Well, thanks everyone for uh, for coming by. For everyone in the chat, really appreciate you stopping by and chatting with us. It's always a good time. And we will see everyone next week, same time for Volume 3. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.